What is real? What is not real? And what is only acceptably real? This is the Acceptably Real Podcast with Joe and Jerry on Anchor FM. Hey, Joe. Hey, Jerry. How you doing today? Doing all right. Not too bad. How about you? Well, I'm still alive. Well, that's fine, I guess. I mean, as much <laughs> as you expected, that's, that's what you need. Well, you know, that's... Um, it's I'm getting older and that stuff's starting to weigh on my mind. And uh, I know we've kind of talked about things like this before, but uh, we, we last episode we were talking about the possibility of living forever or at least for a very long time. What about talking about the opposite? Ooh, it's a little scary for some people. And you said it actually it's, made you think a little bit, huh? Interesting. It did. It did. Um, well, I mean, I think about it a lot. The older I get, the more I think about it. And I'm actually quite okay with the whole thing because I've come to terms with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I've, I've had both my parents pass away. I, I've had a brother pass away. I'm the last member of my original family. And um, it just, it doesn't, it doesn't freak me out uh, what, what would freak me out is a bad circumstance, right? right. Like a long, prolonged, painful something or other. So like or how you pass away, right? Yeah. I. But if it's, I mean, I've always said that if I had to go, I'd like to explode. <laughs> you know? Question, or are we talking? Well, <laughs> huh. you know, wrap, wrap a bunch of bombs on me and send me wandering into a terrorist camp and go... <laughs> Ha ha, bye. You know, do a kind of reverse terrorist on them. But, you know, it's just it's something quick and boom and sudden and hopefully I don't even see it coming. I think that would be wonderful. But the other way is uh, like my mom once told me a long time ago, because her and I used to have these philosophical discussions. And she said, uh, I want to go peacefully in my sleep. Right. I think that's the dream for a lot of people. I mean, yeah. Well, and, and her, her mom had gotten up in the middle of the night and gone to the kitchen to get a snack and choked to death on a chicken bone in the kitchen. And her, her husband found her there the next morning. You know, I think I'd rather have that happen than to burn to death or something or go through some really long, prolonged, painful cancer thing or, or brain cancer, something horrible. Those are the, those are the things I'm afraid of. Right. But my mom passed peacefully in her sleep. A day after I saw her, I went up and visited her and, um, she was kind of in a home, a hospital, kind of a long-term hospital thing. And we were planning on bring, I was going to clean out uh, an extra room and bring her home and let her live with me. And we had this perfect visit and the kids were angels and it was like the perfect visit. And then I got a call from my father at 4 a.m. the next morning saying she'd passed away. Wow. I, I bet you were really happy that you at least got to spend, you know, the day before with her. That's really sad to hear that. But I, it, was, it was sad, but it wasn't sad because... I kind of wonder if she chose to go because she didn't really, she didn't want to impose upon me, you right. know, I, I, that's why I suspect, but apparently it was, do you think there's a certain point where you have the ability to say, okay, I'm done. And then I, I do think that I think when you get to a certain point in advanced age, you keep going by sheer force of will. And at some point you just go, okay, I'm tired. And then you just stop breathing. <laughs> I really think that that happens. I mean, they, they say in, in a hospital, when someone is seriously injured, the person has a better chance of surviving if they fight against death really hard. But if they just give up, 
then it's usually that's that's the end. And so it's it's like you do have a choice in some respects in some situations. You know, you you have some amount of control. It seems. I think it's one it's one of those things that you know you you can't know until it happens to you. That's the weird thing. It's it's like it's like that box that you can't know what's inside until you're inside it. And once you're inside it, you can't get back out. Pandora's box. It's the, that is, we're, we're now right in the grayest area of reality right now between what's not real and what is real. There's this area that of unknowable, unknowableness, unknowableness. The final frontier. I mean, it's hard to talk about. I don't know about you, I mean, but I, I think that, you know, you could talk death in a light manner all you want. But when you're when you talk seriously about it, when you talk seriously about your you know family passing away and your, you know, your own morbid thoughts of passing away, it's, it is tough to talk about, I think. It isn't for me for some reason. Why do you think that is? Well, I kind of wonder. I, I mean, I'm actually thinking, I, I don't know if this is normal or not. I Sometimes I suspect it is, and sometimes I don't. And I, I'm actually thinking about going to see a therapist about it. But my mind, no matter what I'm doing, if my mind starts drifting off, it always goes to the most horrible scenario. Like, I could be at work getting into an elevator and... My mind will go, what if the elevator falls? Is it more? Or what if, a, like a, what if a guy comes in with a gun? I did, my mind always goes there. And Steve says his mind goes there too. So I know I'm not the only one. But what, you, what were you going to no, say? I mean, it's, is it more of a fear thing, do you think? Or is it more of like, uh, I just rather think of the, the most horrible stuff that could possibly happen in this scenario. I mean... Is it anxiety? Does it branch know. off from that? Does it branch off from just, I, I don't know. I, I think, and I don't know for sure, but I, I think in my case, it's like I'm always preparing for the most worst scenario so that I'm ready for it uh, or well, something <laughs> like that. And I don't know why my mind does that, but it does that constantly every day. And the more I get into mindfulness where I'm practicing being in the here and now, the more I notice it happening. Because before, I guess it would just happen and it would be like, you know, la, 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 daydream, blah, 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 not paying attention to reality, always in my head. But now I'm like, I'm, I'm taking a step back a lot and looking at what I am thinking. I'm looking, I'm watching myself do things. I'm, I'm watching myself react to things. And I'm noticing that I do this constantly. So it's like, and I'm always thinking about dying and death and I I could die at any minute. And, and, and it's not out of fear because I mean, I seriously am not afraid of it. You know, because I'm of the mindset that I've been dead for 15 billion years. Now I'm alive. And then when I'm not alive anymore, I'm going to be back in that place. I'd been for 15 billion years. Yeah. You know, I didn't exist for all that time and now I do. And then from then on, I won't. Well, let me ask you this because I have this thing that I do and I'm just curious if you have this thing as well. Um, so when, when I'm really worried about something or, or when I'm, uh, troubleshooting a problem at work. Um, I, I'm always thinking, oh, this time it's not going to happen. Or this time, oh man, it's going to keep happening. And I just have that feeling of dread. And it seems that when I have that feeling of dread, oh, look, the problem's solved. Or, you know, it's like when, huh. or it's like when you, when you think, uh, when you keep thinking something's going to happen, then it doesn't happen. But, but the, you know, it happens the least likely moment, right? And I don't know if you you hmm. have that kind of uh, mindset at all about anything, but that kind of it's just interesting. I don't know. I felt that I'm not. I'm not sure. Uh, I'm I felt following that connected you. somehow. My bad. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of. I'm kind of just lost. It, it's kind of like you know, expect the unexpected. Sometimes I just feel like 
like let's say your phone, right? You have your phone in front of you and web, website's not loading, uh-huh. website's not loading, but you really need to get to this website. And then one time you try it and then you think, well, it's not going to work, right? And then all of a sudden it works because you thought that it wasn't going to work. Oh, okay. Right. Okay, we, I get We're going to need to spice okay. all of that out because it didn't make any sense, but that's okay. No, no, no. I, no, it, I mean, I understand what you're talking about. Uh, I, I kind of have that, but it's it's different. Yeah. But but when I'm talking about the you know really bad things happening, it's more it's it's part of me. And I, I heard someone else say this on a on a I think it was I think it was on Nerdist. Um, someone was saying that their mind is always going to these places, and 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 like if I'm going to get this is a normal one for everyone I think is you get on an airplane and you prepare to well, die. Well is it because you don't want it to happen you know, is that because, why you think that way? Yeah because because uh, I think I think if you imagine it happening you're going to oh. ward it off because you've already conjured up something bad and therefore the bad thing already happened but at least it happened in imagination. So that, that's kind of what I was talking about before. Right? So it's kind of like the law of yeah, attraction yeah. and like so, you already have that feeling. So it's not going to be attracted to you anymore. Right. So you already have that kind of feeling. Yeah. Right? I I think that's kind of, I don't, I don't know. I'd like to ask the listeners, you could use the anchor.fm app and this isn't an ad, but you could use the anchor.fm app and record messages and send them to us. And I would love to hear your take on these things. So I'm that's, that's a call for feedback right there, but yeah, I, I, but I've, I've always had these, it's always like I've had a guardian angel. I, I think I've told you about this before. I'm not sure, but there have been so many things that have happened in my life where I should have died and I didn't because of pure damn luck or and, and here's a perfect, this is a smaller, but perfect example. And this has happened more than once, but this is the one that sticks in my head the most. I was driving along through the fog at night with my ex back when we were married, had kids in the car and we're coming down the street. And uh, for some reason, I just slowed down and stopped for no reason at all. And this truck goes right in front of us as if there were no fog going like 40 or 50 miles an hour zoom right across in front of us. If I had not stopped, it would have hit us dead on. And things like that have happened all my life. So I'm, I've always felt almost protected somehow, you know, it's, it's, it's weird. Hmm. Um, there was another time where, <laughs> and this one is really strange. This is, this is, could almost be a ghost story. Um, it, uh, same kind of scenario. My it was my my ex and I and the kids and we're driving. We're going. We're looking forward to going to this one ice cream shop that we used to love going to all the time, right? And this was a big treat. We weren't you know very well off, and so we had to kind of save up to do something like this. And we're driving over there, and I get pulled over by a cop. And it's an older cop and he comes up and he's very affable. And he says, I'm really sorry. I pulled you over. I just, I just got some new glasses and I'm not quite used to them. And and I thought your, your tags had expired, but they're not. So I'm sorry to bother you. And we, yeah. And we chatted for a couple minutes and laughed and he let us go. And we drive to the ice cream shop and there's a, Right where we always sit, there's a car that had smashed through the window and was wrecked into the coffee, sh- uh, the, the ice cream shop. And it had just happened. Had that cop not pulled us over for no reason whatsoever, we would have been sitting right there when that car came through the window. Wow. <laughs> it's, I don't know how much that has to do with what we were talking feel, about, I feel like you're on a but I mean, I'm you're wondering if that's pass, why... And- You'll get there. Well, I'm wondering if that's why I don't have this overwhelming fear of 
of not existing because I used to, I used to have existential crises all the time, but now for some reason, I just like, just go away, Mr. Existential crisis. This is just bullshit. You know, I've already been I, dead. I guess coming from, coming it's, from a young bloke it, it like myself hurt. to an older bloke like yourself, um, do you, do you feel like you're in a spot where you've, you feel like you've done a lot that there is to do and that maybe that has something to do with why you feel that way? Well, I'll tell you what I've, the, the serious stuff that I've done on my bucket list have all, has all been done. Um, uh, and, and a lot of them is like, I've written these books, yeah. right. And they have a lot of me in them. Those, the, the, the fiction books that I write have a lot of me in them. There's things that have actually happened to me are in these books, things that I've, you know, and, but I've, of course, fictionalized them and changed them around a bit, but, you know, especially in, um, in all you see is light, which is about a 17 year old, the things that in the book didn't perhaps per, per se happen, but a lot of the situations were there and a lot of my feelings and a lot of the way I reacted to, you know, things in my life. So it was kind of meta, um, autobiographical. And, but it's set in a fantasy realm. And of course there's gods and goddesses and, you know, and fairies and, and things like that. And that of course is all fiction, but, um, so my feeling is, I mean, even though they're not really popular books right now and they don't sell a whole lot, they're there, they're out there. They're always going to be there. I mean, as long as Amazon's out there. And if I pass away, people might discover them. And through those, I live on. So that's the closest thing I'm getting to immortality, I think, is. And, and when we're doing these podcasts, right. these are going to sit out there forever, you know. And so anybody, a hundred years from now, people will be listening to you and me broadcasting into the well, future that, from that the past. That brings me up to another point. Um, how, how much further down the line okay. do you think media any type of media will matter. I mean, let's say that we have, think of in the past in history, how long written, you know, the written language has been around and books have been around. And now in the past uh, 20 ish years or so, 30 ish years, you know, the, the net has been around where we've been composing in the digital media medium. Um, but think how much time we will have after this, right? You know, how, 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 Oh, much yeah. of the future will dwarf where we are now. You know what I mean? Well, with I'm I'm, I'm quoting Chuck Polinick right I now. I love those books. I you almost know, read all the books. F yeah. Fight Club. I, I love those books. Yeah. And he is such a morbid bastard. <laughs> but I love him more than Stephen King. Um, a long, uh, if you look at a long enough timeline, everything goes to zero. Yeah. And nothing matters. So really, I mean, nothing matters. So nothing well, fucking I, matters. I, I think that's just. <laughs> you, well, in 10,000 in 10, years, anything that we do right that's now. Just saying that, but that's just saying that, matter. you know. You know, that's. That you. Yeah. I, I hate nihilism. that though. Because that's, that's saying that you have no control in what matters. That's saying that the universe bestills what matters onto you. And that you don't you know, have any kind of control of what matters in life. Well, I, I, I agree. I'm, I'm not a nihilist. Yep. yep you are. I, I'm pronouncing that right. Am I? It's I've never nihilism. actually Nihil heard yeah. it out loud. Nihilism. Neil diamondism. Neil diamondism. <laughs> so, um, I, I don't subscribe to that, even though I understand where it's coming from. And that's mainly because I've gone down a different path. And, and it has a lot to do with what we talked about before is the, the universe possibly being a hologram, right? And I don't believe it's a hologram. I don't believe it is a giant computer program, but I do believe that it is something beyond what we can comprehend. It's kind of like if, if we, Dilbert did this great thing just a couple of weeks ago where, and you know, Dilbert, right? The cartoon. Sure. Okay. So 
Dilbert programs this virtual reality and he populates it with these NPCs who are powered by AIs and they're very sophisticated AIs and set them up in all these artificial lives. And he's telling Wally, I've created all this stuff. And Wally's like, well, what, what if they figure out that they're, you know, that they're in a virtual world and he says, Oh, there's no way because I programmed it so that all the stars and everything are so far away. They'll never get to them. There's no way they can get out of this. They, 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 they can't know that they're in a box because the walls are so far, far away. And, and the, the questions go on, but finally Wally says, well, what if the really smart ones just figure it out and tell everybody and Dilbert says, oh, I took care of that too. I programmed it so that everybody mistrusts the smart people. Wow. And of course, Dilbert was actually kind of poking at the current situations here. But here's here's where, this is kind of where I, I come into this whole thing where, think of it this way. Um, everything you know is in your mind. Right. Right. Everything. Everything's in your mind. Everything you know about the external world is you don't really know anything about the external world. You just know what's in your, what's reflected in your, your internal model of it. So you don't really know it's out there. You just know what your brain thinks is out there. And I won't even go into... What, what is it about you that knows about you? Because <laughs> that, cause, but, and so, so everything you see and touch and feel and taste and sense and inter, interact with, it's actually inside you. Right. The more we find, the more we learn about the universe, the more we know that the universe, you start looking at the smallest particles and there's nothing there. It's just a bunch of patterns of force and there's nothing that really dis there's no real wall between you and everything else. And so you're actually part of everything else and everything else is part of you. And, and so you're actually everything. <laughs> and, and so you're the, the whole of the universe stretching out as far as it goes and, and as big as it is all the way down to the smallest of the small, it's, it's all you, it's you, you're everything. You're not separate from it. And you're, you're a pattern in this everythingness that is aware. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're a pattern of forces that is aware of itself. Which is to say, a self-aware pattern of interacting forces. And since there's nothing separating the pattern that you think of as you from the pattern that is everything else, we are all part of each other. We're, we are swirls and waves in the same ocean. Nothing separates us from the ocean. We are the ocean. So your parents your siblings, your friends, your enemies, your boss, the doctors and lawyers, the politicians who we love or hate. We're all just patterns of waves on this ocean that is everything. So so is the chair you're sitting in and the, the air you're breathing and the bird singing outside your window and the dog pooping on your lawn. It's, it's all one thing. Zoom out, and now you're looking at the sky, at the clouds, at the airplanes flying above you. It, it's it's all one thing. The moon and the planets and the sun were all circling around. It's it's all one thing. Zoom out further, and now you're looking at the arms of the galaxy and the billions of stars and the planets around them and whatever is on those planets, been like rocks or molten blobs of goo or Klingons or Ewoks or Mork from Ork. It's, it's all one thing, but what you're perceiving 
is that you are separate and then you have this life you're living and you feel happy or sad or exhilarated or lonely. These feelings and perceptions are also part of the all-encompassing pattern. So really, it's all just an illusion. But the illusion is also part of the pattern. So it's, it's all one thing. You are the universe having a dream about not being the universe. Well, I, I get where you're coming from. I get that, you know, yeah, we're, we're here on the earth. We're, we're all made of ancient stardust and we're all just really part of the earth and part of, therefore part of the world and universe as a organic sentient thing. I mean, that's definitely a, a thought. Um, well, well, my point is you can't die. You can't actually die. Well, I mean, I guess it depends where you draw your own you boundary. Can, I mean, you could, you think you're going to die. You're, you're the illusion of you being, you will cease, but you're still there and you don't know what the illusion is going to be afterwards because everything that you are perceiving is actually an illusion because you think that you're you and not everything, right? So you're, but you're still, you're, you're part of it. So that's where I come from. I mean, there's absolutely no fear in me for, for this illusion to go away and me just being part of the universe still or being the universe. And which of course means that I'm part of you and you're part of me and we're, we're part of everybody and we're part of everything. So there is just one thing. I'm sorry. Did I, have I like wandered too far off the edge of the planet here? No, uh, I, I, it's just, you know, it's what you think. I get it. You know, I respect that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so what do you think? Uh, like, like I said, I, I guess I respect your opinion about it. I, <laughs> well, you okay, so you don't well, believe it. Listen, it just brings it back to the age-old argument of you know if you if your arms and your half of your torso gets cut off, you know, I mean, what part of you is you? You know, I mean, you got to draw the line somewhere of what, how you define who you are. I mean, I, I guess I see where you're. I do see where you're coming from because that's. I think I actually had a philosophy class where the professor was talking about what you're talking about and um i don't know it just i feel i feel whoa more... what happened whoa are you there can you hear yeah, me i can hear you oh wow some some weird stuff happened just then oh, hang... you sounded like you're turning into r2d2 <laughs> well that's it man that's the uh <laughs> so that that was your answer yeah. huh? hang on One <laughs> i think it's very strange that that happened just then for some reason uh, i wonder if he made that happen with his brain i'm back i don't know what happened i really don't i i just i heard some static i think you made that but uh i i think you made it happen <laughs> Uh, I was wrecking the matrix. I was, I was going into, you know, we've gone way too into the rabbit hole for this one, but, uh, I really, I really do think we're see, see, you're talking about what, what is the difference? Uh, like where, where does you end? What if you get cut? I, to me, uh, my, my point of view is there is no you Yeah. and there is but, no me, but you can, it's, it's, it's you an illusion. See how that's a, a handful for some people. Yeah, but it's yeah. your, it's your but, thought. I so, respect. It. Well, no, no, it's not my thought. It's Buddha's. Okay. This is this is pure Buddhism because that that is the Buddhist philosophy right there. That's the teaching of Buddha. Is that, and that that's why people get it wrong. And they'll say, "Oh, well, Buddha's the one that says that we're all God." Well, yes and no, but not not like an old man with a beard kind of God. It just means that. We're the universe that is sentient, basically. Oh. And then and then we're we're going through these scenarios for a reason. 
and the reason is, and, and the, the universal thing is you're always learning something, no matter what. And so whatever you're going through in life is some sort of lesson or study that the universe itself is doing to broaden its own intelligence, its own. It's like the big brain. We're all part of the big brain. Yeah. yeah. Well, so, so, oh, well now my, now my watch is going crazy. What's, what the hell? was weird no it was it was like i've never seen it do that it was like it started flashing um ascii characters and stuff uh we're we're glitching the matrix right now i'm taking that off dear listener we're going to pause for a moment to allow space for a sponsor message which may or may not show up depending on some mysterious algorithm we'll be right back hey jerry here As some of you may have guessed, part of my day job involves setting up and maintaining websites. Recently, I had a project where I needed to convert an older website to WordPress, and part of the challenge was choosing the perfect website hosting service. I did a lot of research, and I finally chose DreamHost. Not only is DreamHost widely recognized, but they're the number one recommended hosting service by WordPress themselves. And WordPress has their own web hosting service but they still wholeheartedly endorse DreamHost. Well, since then, I discovered I like DreamHost so much that I moved all my personal websites to DreamHost, including the blog for this podcast. And it is my great pleasure to have DreamHost be an affiliate sponsor to this show, and we can offer you, our listeners, $50 off if you sign up using our link. Now, we chose them, they didn't choose us. We wanted them specifically as a sponsor. So, if you are wanting to set up a website or a blog, and especially if you want to use WordPress, the easiest and most trusted content management system out there, just go to acceptablyreal.com slash dreamhost and sign up. Once again, if you use our link, you'll end up with $50 off and you'll be helping our show. Remember that link, acceptablyreal.com slash dreamhost, and get your website up and running today. Okay, the space for a sponsor message has passed. And with that, we return to the show. So, <laughs> now, I think we've kind of gone as far as we can with that, Kevin. We? Yeah. yeah. All right, what else is weird happening in the world now that I can't see Facebook or what we've been posting? Let's see if I can get to our page and look at some of our weird stuff. Nope, something went wrong. <laughs> oh, hold on. Maybe that's just my cache. No, I can't get to our page. I couldn't. Can you? Yeah, I'm there. All right. Well, okay. You. It's it's your show now. <laughs> okay. The animal's anus only exists when it needs to poop. <laughs> we have so many questions. <laughs> Isn't that cool? <laughs> um, yeah, it does sound painful. That's what we, we wrote on the uh, the page about it. But I mean, where does it go? Is what it, was that? Is it like an any like a belly button that's an any instead of an Audi? I don't, I don't know. What was that? It was that a starfish or what? It's like a jellyfish or something like that. Okay, a jellyfish. So here's here's an animal that doesn't have an anus unless it needs one, and then it forms one, and it does its job, and then it unforms. So so its reality is way different than ours. <laughs> Yeah, they're not thinking about the universe being sentient at all. <laughs> I'm just trying to poop, man. Where uh, uh, constipation is a way of life. What one of the other articles that I I enjoyed reading was the the one about Neanderthals and attractiveness and attraction. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, and and you said you know what if we found them so attractive and they found us so attractive then we just merged you know. Like, um, I think that really is a theory. I mean, no, I mean, definitely in attraction with, with people like, um, I mean, I'm dating this really beautiful lady and she sees some super intelligent man and who's really hideous looking, but she sees that part of me, you know, and she's just not hideous. Look, I'm making making a joke, ladies and gentlemen, but, (laughs) but it's kind of like that, you know, I mean, Neanderthals, early man. They, they see each other, they find each other really hot because, you know, they have some 
qualities they like about each other. They want those qualities in their offspring. And they boom, boom, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. And boom, here we are today. I mean. Have you done that 23andMe thing? Um, I did not. My, my brother did. And so I, I felt that it was kind of pointless for me to do it. Well, my, my nephew did it. And Tracy, my girlfriend, did it. Mm-hmm. And now I'm being pressured. Dude, I am kind of, I'm, I just haven't done it because I'm, I don't know, lazy, <laughs> but it, I want to see how much uh, Neanderthal is in my DNA. I think that would be interesting because apparently everybody's got some. Yeah. I mean, I think everyone, a lot of people would have some in it at this point. I wonder if there's any non-Neanderthal <laughs> folk out there. I think it's possible. I think it's possible. I, I think I would hesitate to even start talking about it. Though. A log cabin in Siberia. There's just a whole family of them. They built a log cabin back then and they never came outside. I don't know. Who knows? Uh, or or, may, or maybe they're, they're full Neanderthal and we just don't know it. Yeah. Uh, Who knows? There There is uh, some speculation that uh, Neanderthals are... Uh, Yeti. Mm. So the Yeti sightings are actually, people are seeing the, the last of the Neanderthals. I think I'm saying that correctly. It could be tomato, tomato. I, I don't, I don't believe it though. I mean, I, I did not the way I'm pronouncing. It, I don't believe that Yetis are Neanderthals, but it's possible. It's a, I don't know if it's acceptably real. Mm-hmm. Uh, what what's next what's next are you are you you know toilet paper the whole debate does the toilet paper go over the roll or under the roll it definitely goes forward nice are, are you the same, the same way the same boat it, it just makes sense that way yep. oh well, what he's talking about is someone actually found the patent for toilet rolls and it says that it, you're supposed to have it going out. There was actually a diagram. And so everybody who says the toilet roll needs to come out and have the paper toward you, not away from you when it's hanging, is correct. That's acceptably real. We've proven it. There you go. There you go. <laughs> nice. Um, there's, a, there's a few more on here. Let's get to uh, I did like the baby T-Rex. It was a little adorable ball of fluff, like a little bird. Yeah. Um, yeah. So apparently baby T-Rexes were covered with down. And, uh, from, from what I've read, I didn't read it from that article, but I, I read some other articles where they're doing a lot of, um, when they're finding artifacts, they're not breaking them out of the rock as much anymore. They're leaving them intact inside rock. And then they're using kind of a, a geological strength uh, sonogram to image what's inside. And so they're getting these very intricate images of what they actually looked like. Because when you chip away at the rock to bring it out, you lose all this detail and all you get is the bone. But if you have the rock and everything intact, the patterns that were once part of the flesh can still be there in the rock. But of course, the moment you break the rock out to get to the fossilized bone, you've destroyed all that detail. Oh, wow. And so it's, it's, it's kind of like in Jurassic park where they're putting the, the, the uh, shotgun shells in that thing and blasting it. And it was getting a reading back on the computer and they were getting images in the ground before they even dig them up. That that's real. Oh. Although I think it's even more sophisticated than that. Hmm. Dinos. <laughs> Furry dinos. And, and it depicted the, um, the T-Rexes with a head of hair. It looked like someone from the old TV show. Din- dinosaurs. dinosaurs. That. Oh. Yeah. That the ending of that show so the- is so sad. I know warning the beginning of that finale because they thought it would um, like mess with people's, you know, kids feelings and, and have some evoke trauma on people. 
Um, well, I, I, they did it on, I think from day one, when they created that series, they knew how they were going to end yeah. it because they were trying to make an environmental point. Yeah. That, that's my theory, at least. It was a good, good show anyway. Well, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to the day where they discover a fossil record and the dinosaur is wearing a hard hat <laughs> and holding a wrench. It's funny. Maybe those possible aliens it's possible like, you know, maybe just aliens from outer space dinosaurs what what who's to say that 250 million years ago dinosaurs a a, a species of dinosaur had become so sophisticated that it was tool using had a society flew airplanes you're not going to have any of that i mean well actually it would it would explain some odd things that they find in the record, but dismiss. I, I, it's completely possible. I think it's even more possible that that we had a, a pre-civilization, an earlier civilization in the dinosaur area that had nothing to do with humans than it is for uh, aliens visiting Heck yeah, Earth. Man. I really Heck do. Heck yeah, Atlantis. Mic drop. Boom. Hey, did, did you read that thing they think there's a lot of people think they actually found Atlantis and it's not under the water. It's, it's like in a desert somewhere. What? Yeah. Because they found it. It's just, they actually, you could see it from space and it's got all this, cause the rings and everything. And it, it looks like at one point it was all full of water, oh. but instead of it sinking into the sea, everything dried up. There was some sort of climate change. <laughs> no, no climate change debate here. Um, some sort of climate change thing happened and everything dried up and then it all crumbled so away. What, do we but think Plato just was told the story wrong that it was actually sand or that just, they actually think that there was water there and it just dried up. Oh, no, they think there was water there. Cause there was, it, I mean, it looks like canals in rings and in the center, I mean, the whole thing, it's, it's either that or someone in ancient times saw it and thought, Hey, look at this. This should have been a city. And then they, the, the, the legend of Atlantis grew from those stories. So maybe there was never action in Atlantis there, but the, what, what he was describing fits this perfectly. And I will find that and I'll put it in the show notes on our new website at acceptablyreal.com. Man, I really like that cartoon. Did you ever see that cartoon, Atlantis? Did you ever watch that? Oh, the Disney one? Yeah. yeah. That was a good good show. Good show. I loved it. Uh, my favorite character was um, the one played by, oh, that comedian who always did the um, Italian. Like the guy, the dynamite guy? Yeah. The, the, he he was the, but but he would come on um, Saturday Night Live and he'd be like this really funny uh, cardinal or something. Oh, um can't remember, but that was, it was kind of like, it was a comedian that had a persona that he never stepped out of kind of like Pee Wee Herman, like Paul Rubin was always Pee Wee Herman. Well, this guy was, I can't remember his name, but he was, I always loved watching him. He'd come on, he'd have the, the, you know, the, the, the whole outfit and the hat and everything, but he was Jim Varney, but he, Ernest, the guy who played Ernest. Jim Varney? No, that's a that's another guy who had another persona. Oh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure which one you're talking about. Then, um, I just remember. Sorry, or, or sidetracking. But I loved Ernest. Ernest, you know, go stupid or scared stupid. Those Ernest films as a kid, those are great. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go find this guy now because um, Michael J. Fox was the main character. I don't know what the guy you're thinking of. Oh, so Jim Varney was in that too, huh? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Sure wasn't that Don Novello is the guy who played the dynamite guy? Yeah. So Don Novello. Okay. So let's see what he played. Vinny Atlanta. Yeah, that was the dynamite guy. He was in The Godfather Part 3. <laughs> okay. All right. Here, here it is. He used to play a character called Father Guido Sarducci. Guido Sarducci. And that was, Yeah. And that was basically what he was playing. That was the character he was playing with voice and everything in uh, in the Atlantis That's movie. Funny. So sometime um, 
YouTube Father Guido Sarducci. It's he's hilarious. I mean, I definitely will. I'll go laugh my my butt off if it's funny. <laughs> okay. <laughs> let's see. Let's see if I can get to the internet. Have you ever read Michael J. Fox's um, uh, autobiography? Uh uh-uh, no. Could you read it? Yeah, it's fascinating. And and uh, he knew early on that he. I still can't get to Facebook. We're recording this, ladies and gentlemen, on uh, Wednesday, March 13th, 2019, and Facebook has been up and down all day today. And, and the then everybody, yeah, and, and uh, Instagram. And so everybody's been going to Twitter and making jokes about going back to MySpace. And so the first thing I did was I recreated a MySpace account. And MySpace is not bad anymore. It's actually kind of cool, but there's nobody there except uh, singers and songwriters and stuff. And you know, it's, it's not them, it's their publicists. <laughs> so we, we could actually host our, our podcast on MySpace cause they let you upload, um, audio. Huh. That's a lot of work. Nobody there. <laughs> yeah. did, did, is, did MySpace, um, how, how can I say this? Are, are you too young for have, are you too young to have experienced MySpace before? No, man. Facebook? That was, no, man. That was my prime. I was really this kid. Yeah. Come oh, on. Okay. Give me a break, Jerry. I'm 30 years young, but I, I was there during MySpace. That was when I was, uh, shoot, 14 through okay. 21. Okay. You know, you are almost exactly the same age as the internet. Yeah. Or at least the the um, the World Wide Web part of it. I call myself a World Wide Web kid, actually. I'm a man now, but I still call myself. They call me the World Wide Web kid. You know, what can I do? There's a song in there somewhere. <laughs> I don't want to grow up. I'm a worldwide kid. <laughs> I still I still have the uh, AOL. You know, connecting through AOL in my head. Tracy still has her original AOL email. Tracy's my girlfriend, by the way. Oh, and she she's um she's a techie like uh, like Joe and like I used to be, and uh, she works in networking and sets up servers. And if you ask her for her email, she gives you an AOL email address. <laughs> I think this, at this point, it's a badge of honor to still have that. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm always proud of my, my Gmail address because, uh, I've had Gmail since it was in beta, which is the only reason I got Jerry.davis because, uh, at, at that point you could only get in there via invitation. And so I was sending invitations out to my friends and they all got like really good email addresses. So it's not like, Joe Bob's Briggs 42 X, you know, or flaming lips, Jennifer seven or <laughs> worldwide web kid 54. Yeah. Oh, is that's that not, yours? No, it's not my email. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, no, that's your AOL account. <laughs> I had some awesome AOL screen names, my handles. Man, oh, really? What were they? Shit. Uh, I was really into Calvin and Hobbes when I was a little kid. Um, oh, I love Calvin and Hobbes. So, so my first email address was uh, Hobbes Toy. Oh, cool. Yeah. And uh, my brother, my brother's was Calvin's Dino because of the dinosaur that Calvin uh-huh. liked to uh, dream about, daydream about. Yeah. And um, oh, I had like uh, some email ones. Um, i trying to think. Uh, dark, like, you know, dark. Darkwing Duck. Mine was Darkling Joe. Um, <laughs> you know, you could get creative, but but it was cool. I remember those days, all the chat rooms. You know, everybody saying ASL, ASL. Uh-huh. Um, those were the days, man. You had a profile. You had a, a buddy list. You had those cool sounds. Did you before AOL? Were you on Prodigy? No, no. That's that's before me. Well, Prodigy is was owned by IBM and Sears or something like that. It was a kind of a big experiment, and um, so I was on Prodigy because that was the first one that you could pay a 
um, like $20 a month and have unlimited connection because before that, it w- welcome to ancient tech talk here with Jerry and Joe. Before that, it was CompuServe, huh. which you had to pay by the freaking minute. So if you were on there like for four hours, <laughs> your wife's mad at you because you just spent a lot of money. <laughs> I know this for a fact. Um, but that's where GIFs came from or GIFs. Really? I call them GIFs. That was graphic interchange format. I thought it was and graphical interface. Yeah, I thought it was graphical interface format. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that was invented for CompuServe. Hmm. That was the first. Here's here's a web page looking thing. <laughs> it was all forums and everything like that. That's cool. That's as far back as I'm going to go because before that it was all BBSs. Yeah, like bulletin board stuff. And yeah. Usenet. I mean, do you? I never really got into Usenet. I wrote a paper on Usenet in school, um, and I used it maybe for a month. I paid for a little news group subscription thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, but then I just stopped stopped using it. I don't know. It just didn't seem that practical for me, or I'm just too dumb. But uh, Use, Usenet was where you. That's what they were encrypting and putting all the programs and the. That, that was also one of the original places to get MP3s before Napster came out yeah. was, was Usenet. It was weird. And, but I mean, before that it was, we were trading things via modem on bulletin boards. My, my favorite one was uh, the wrong number was the call and, and it had two lines. So only two people could use it at a, at the time. Huh. Interesting. Oh, we have drifted way off uh, into dead tech. Now that we've uh, made see, I brought asleep. it back around. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, unless you got anything else, I, I think this uh, episode has expired. Oh, can you keep that in there? Can you keep that in there? I liked it. I liked it. Yeah, that was good. Thank you for joining us here on this episode of Acceptably Real Podcast. If you're listening to this on Anchor FM, there's a way to send messages back to us through that amazing app of theirs. So, if you've got some comments, questions, or even better, suggestions for future topics, send them our way. We'd love to hear from you. Also, if you've enjoyed listening, please consider giving us a positive review on the podcast platform of your choice. It helps us out a lot, and we really appreciate it. It also encourages us to keep going. So, until next time, this is Jerry, signing off.